This is the part of the program where you would normally hear someone talk about how little they listen to the show. I am going to take just a moment, though, to talk about the fact that we are releasing simultaneously with episode 157 a CNN debate analysis show that is available exclusively to our Patreon supporters. If you would like access to this bonus episode, as well as all the other bonus content that we are going to begin releasing on a regular basis, you'll need to go to patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Now on with your regularly scheduled program. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right. Welcome, and thank you for joining us this 157th episode of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore. And sitting across from me, out of breath because she just walked in the door, my lovely but busy co-host, Brittany Page. Yeah, that's me. I'm here, what, luckily. What are you looking around? What are you looking for? Well, I realize I don't have my cell phone. <laughs> and I've just been running around, and I am kind of concerned now that I don't. It's not in view. Well, it's just you're, you're being a spaz. It's, it's right there. It's under the, your notepad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's what happens when you're Frantic. busy. Yeah. Frantic. Well, we have a lot going on. and It's a double episode day. It is. It's a double episode yeah, day. Yeah, because not only this, I said in the, in the promo drop in the very beginning that we're also doing the debate episode, which we haven't done yet. No. The B-team debate is actually on right now. Right. And we are recording that. Mm-hmm. You were, you've you watched the first half of it. Yeah, the first half. Right. Yeah. Pretty good. It looks like Lindsey Graham is getting uh, his shots in. Uh, I'm not going to do no, anything. I'm just no, saying that. No, there's no debate talk <laughs> on this episode. All right. No debate talk. He's Shut down. real good, though. <laughs> All right. That's enough. So listen, while you were gone... Yes, tell me. Well, we bought a an air conditioner, a new air conditioner for the studio because the old one went tits up, as it, they say. Uh, as they say. They it do died. say that. Yeah. Well, like a dog, when it dies, its legs are in the air okay. or a goat or, uh-huh. or whatever animal. Yeah. Some sort of animal. <laughs> T- we all, we knew up. that was coming. Right. So, so, and I think that's a deer, by the way, not a goat. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, so we bought a new, new, new air conditioner for the studio space because it gets hot as balls in here. Especially with the weather we've been having. And that's real hot. It's super hot. So Amazon, it's a whole story. It's a whole fucking fiasco that happened. It but sure is. We, we bought one on Amazon and then it was supposed to be shipped and delivered today. Yes. But then... I thought, well, let's go at least get a fan because we can't do our Sunday show without something going on in there because it's just too hot. Without some air blowing on our face. That's right. So I went to a store. Ooh, a store. To buy. I don't want to say the name of the store mm-hmm. and give a, pl- a plug. So I went to the store to buy a new a fan just to have in in the studio space. And lo and behold, the only place in all of Orange County... 
we we called every Home Depot, every Lowe's, every every we went to Best Buy, everywhere. No one had. Not only did they not have air conditioners, they didn't have fans. Everyone was sold out. So our last resort was this other store. Yeah. <laughs> this is weird that you don't want to say All the right, name. Fucking fries. Yeah. We went to fries. There we go. And not only did they have fans, they had air conditioners. Oh yeah, they did. So, very what few. Are you, what are you doing? I'm trying oh, to make. Yeah, I'm trying did. to make this very boring story more exciting. So anyway, we we bought the air conditioner there, and I immediately canceled the Amazon order, which had only been maybe two hours old. Right, but they told you to f off. That's right. They emailed me immediately and said, "Oh, we tried to cancel it, but wow, kind of crazy. We're not able to." Huh? So wacky morning DJ. Was, yeah, that's right. He wrote the email. Very weird okay. that it, I I got that from it, but. Uh, so we figured, oh, we'll just deny the, sh- the, the shipment like they said, or mm-hmm. we'll just return it when it gets here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is turning into a whole thing. Okay, fast forward to today. Yeah, so anyway, they, they, they deliver it, and I get a text and an email saying, hey, fucker, your air conditioner's there at your front door. Mm-hmm. That's aggressive. Yeah, it's weird that UPS would use that language. And so I, I go outside, and oh, nothing there. Mm-hmm. It's downstairs, a flight of stairs. Mm-hmm. But it's downstairs, not in out of inclement weather, not all these things that I had to call when I called UPS. Anyway, just a shit show. So I'm returning it. I feel like you're telling the story how I would right now. Yeah, not well. Not well at all, yeah. by the way. Anyway, so <laughs> suffice it to say, it was bizarre. Then I called UPS and they acted all, well, they'll be there tomorrow. Right, so now it, it needs to be left. It's an 80-pound box, so it's going to be left outside overnight, and the person on the phone told you, well, we'll mark here on this little checkbox that you're not liable. Okay, well, we need that in writing yeah, there, guy. N- not liable because it's visible from the street. It's visible from the street. It's downstairs. It's Could it's, be stolen. Yeah, it's going to be stolen. <laughs> Because it's an air conditioner and it's hot. Right. Free air conditioner. That's what someone's going to see when they walk that's by. That's right. Yeah. Um, and no it's going to be stolen. And they're like, yeah, we'll mark here that you're not liable. They're lucky that I'm not a shysty bastard. Otherwise, I would steal it myself and put it on Craigslist and just, well, you said I wasn't liable. Well, the BS part of this is that you or, or is that they said that they left it at the front door. That's right. And yeah. it is not at the front door. Not anywhere near the front door. And why did they say that when they didn't do that? I mean, come on, lying UPS guy. It's What's just, going on? Yeah, it's a lazy UPS guy. That's all it is. All right. Well, so that's uh fiasco, everybody. Total fiasco. And no, do not try to figure out where the studio is so that you can... Come and get a free air conditioner. Yeah. Well, by the time... Well, no, not by the time. No. This will be up tonight at 11.55 yeah. or so. And hopefully it doesn't start pouring rain all over the air conditioner since it's it's not covered. It is supposed to rain, too. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Yeah. I'm going to have to go out there and fumble fuck around with that giant 80-pound box. Just throw it on your back and carry it up. It's not the weight of it that's a pain in the dick. It's a giant box. Yes. It's a cumbersome pain in the dick box. <laughs> I am not happy about this, I'll tell you right now. All right, let's get on with the show before I have some sort of aneurysm or heart palpitation issue. (laughs) We we are going to have a little follow-up, but before we do, we had a text to the I Doubt It With Dollamore voicemail line, which, for the record, is 657-464-7609. You can leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail there, or if you don't like voicemail, I guess you could text to that number. 
You could also email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. But we did. Apparently, you can text. It's a, a, yeah. a, a wonder of technology. And we received a text about the Kim Davis goings on. Yes. How can someone say they are pleasing God when they issue marriage licenses to atheists, people with no morals, etc.? Why is that okay with God, but same-sex marriage is a violation of religious freedom? If Kim Davis really wanted to please, she would resign rather than do what I don't think is God's will. Is not this all about pleasing God? Linda, a committed Christian. Yeah, well... Well, hi, Linda, committed Christian. Thank you for listening to the show and contributing. Thanks for blowing my mind. Who knew (laughs) that we had anybody who was a committed Christian? I guess we do have one because... Well, we know of another one. Yeah. um, Jessica. Jessica. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Jessica, Mm -hmm. who has left us a review. And also, uh, maybe not a review. Maybe it was just the promo. I'm not sure. I don't know. Again, the air conditioner just... It's thrown me off my game. Uh, Oh, that's it. So thank you for the text, and I th- I don't know if I'm taking you completely literal about not wanting atheists to be married or what, or have an issue. I think she's being a little tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I think it's just the general point of, well, why is she you know, not giving marriage licenses to homosexuals? She's picking and choosing her, her least favorite sin to, to be concerned about. Right, but yeah. and, and it makes sense because if she is concerned with you know giving marriage licenses to these people that are an abomination in her eyes, shouldn't she also be concerned with people who right. have turned away from God right. and deny Christ? Maybe she should forfeit one of her three of her four you know uh marriage licenses because she's hypocritical that way well maybe she should decide well this monday she returned to work and issued a a long statement that we're going to start and stop and start and stop as we go along but this is what she had to say unfettered and uninterrupted kim davis good morning I'm here before you this morning as I return to work to say that I love my Lord Jesus, I love all people, and I love my job. I want to continue to serve all three as I have tried to do until now. Since January... That didn't take very long at all. She loves all people. Eh, I think that's debatable. Except... And And she's also tried to serve all three, her God, her... Her, the people who she loves, everybody, uh-huh. <laughs> and and the voters, you know, her constituency. Right. She's not serving everyone if she's refusing to issue licenses that are legally required to be issued. Just it's 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 out of this world nutty. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. And the other thing is, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about this that she uh, issued this statement, and she's she didn't write this statement. She, someone behind the scenes wrote, because there's little nuggets of, of nuance that she's adding in that are legal ease kind of things mm-hmm. that might be used later in court. In January of this year, I have been asking Governor Bashir, the Kentucky legislature, and more recently Judge Bunny for one simple thing, an accommodation for my religious beliefs regarding marriage that would allow me to serve the citizens of Round County without violating my conscience. My name or official title on the marriage certificate points to the same person, me, Kim Davis. To affix my me, name Kim or a Davis. title on a certificate that, that, that authorizes marriage 
that conflicts with God's definition of marriage as a union between one man and one woman violates my deeply held religious convictions and conscience. For me, this would be an act of disobedience to my God. While there are many accommodations available, a very simple accommodation I have proposed is to remove my name and my title as the clerk of Brown County, um, completely off the marriage license. These licenses could be issued under another authority, including perhaps the Commonwealth of Kentucky or Governor Bashir himself. If these needed to be recorded in the clerk's office, like a vehicle registration, a lien, or a judgment, that could be done. That doesn't raise a conflict of conscience because then we as clerks are not the authorizer of the license. Because my pleas for a modest accommodation have been refused or not acted upon, I have been required to do that which my conscience forbids. As a result, I have spent six days in jail because I could not abandon my faith. I thank the Lord that Judge Benning released me from jail last Tuesday. But today, as I return to work, my simple request for an accommodation has gone unheard. Whether I personally issue the license or whether one of my deputies issues it, the result is the same. The license is issued under the authority of Kim Davis, County Clerk of Round County. Besides my conscience, there is a real need for the legislature to address Kentucky's marriage laws. The President of the Senate stated himself and told the courts that the marriage laws are shredded. The statute forbids issuance of a marriage license to someone not expressly authorized by statute to receive one. Even if a court strikes down a law, it cannot create a new statute. That must be done by the legislature. To license, to issue a license to a person that is not authorized to receive it under the statute is a direct violation of law. This too needs to be addressed by the legislature. And so I'm here before you this morning with a seemingly impossible choice that I do not wish on any of my fellow Americans, my conscience or my freedom. My a seemingly impossible choice. Mm -hmm. Her conscience or her freedom. Mm -hmm. It's not an impossible choice. Here's the choice, Mrs. Davis. A couple of gay dudes or a couple of gay gals walk into your office and say, hey, we're here to get married as a result of the June 26, 2015 ruling of the highest court in the land, the arbiter of what is constitutional and what is not constitutional. Because of that ruling, we're here because marriage equality is the law of the land. We're here to get married. Please issue us a license for which we will pay and offer all of the, the supporting documents that we need to offer up. Here's the decision. It's not impossible. It is, yes, here you go. Here's your license, gay couple. I may hate you. I may not like you. I may not agree with you. I may think you're an abomination unto God. But here's your license because that is my job. That's my job conscience or my ability to serve the people that I love obey God or a directive that forces me to disobey God even when there are reasonable accommodations available I have thought and prayed very hard about what to do the decisions I have made in this case and the decisions I will continue to make in this case are mine and mine alone I don't want to have this conflict I don't want to be in the spotlight. 
and I certainly don't want to be a whipping post. I am no hero. No, you're I'm not. Just a person who's been transformed by the grace of God and who wants to work, be with my family. I just want to serve my neighbors quietly without violating my conscience. She doesn't want to be in the spotlight. She wants to do things quietly. She wants to serve her neighbors. What was walking hand in hand with Mike Huckabee on the stage and right. with Survivor playing in the background? Right, with a Holding your arms up in the air. As Josh Feuerstein introduces you. Greeting the thousands of people that were there. Making an appearance for the thousands of people that arrived. Screaming into a microphone, you are strong people. If, as, you, as you weep uncontrollably. If she didn't want to be in the spotlight... If she just wanted to live a quiet life, then she would have skipped that appearance That's and right. gone home. Told Mike Huckabee, sorry, I don't want to be in the spotlight. Right. It's real easy to not be in the spotlight. Right. You can't use me today because I'm going home. That's right. We're gonna we're gonna take the 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 service exit. <laughs> we're gonna Simple. take the back door of the courthouse to go home. Simple. And so this morning. I am forced to fashion a remedy <laughs> that reconciles my conscience with Judge Bunning's orders, effective immediately. And until an accommodation is provided by those with the authority to provide it, any marriage license issued by my office will not be issued or authorized by me. I want the whole world to know, be no mistake about it, that if my deputy clerks who do not have my authorization or the authority, they don't have my authority to issue any license whatsoever. I love my deputy clerks and I hate that they have been caught in the middle. If any of them feels that they must issue an unauthorized license to avoid being thrown in jail, I understand their tough choice and I will take no action against them. However, any unauthorized license that they issue will not have my name, my title, or my authority on it. Instead, the license will state that they are issued pursuant to a federal court order. Judge Benning indicated last week that he was willing to accept altered marriage license even though he was not certain of their validity. I too have grave doubts whether the license issued under these conditions are even valid. This is why once again, I urge Governor Bashir, the legislature and the court to intervene they have the authorization and the authority to provide these types of accommodations, and there's no reason why they cannot do so. Are we not a big enough, a loving enough, and a tolerant enough state? <laughs> Where's this going? Are we not a big enough, a tolerant enough state? Are you, are you fucking kidding me? It reminds me of this quote. If a believer demands that I, as a non-believer, observe his taboos in the public domain, he is not asking for my respect, but for my submission That's by Fleming right. Rose. Your adherence to his faith. Right. And and so what is she talking about? What, what is she talking about? That's exactly right. If, if gays choose to love one another and be married, that's a choice they're making to marry one another. And she's saying no, she's asking them to adhere to her religion. Right. Not not tolerant. That's right. Where, where's this tolerant society? Hey, you're in the you're in the Christian majority, okay? Right. Yes. Relax. The, the 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 big majority, the vast majority. To find a way to accommodate my deeply held religious convictions 
While my case may be the most visible right now, there are millions of other people out there in the private and the public sector who face and are in the same position, and they also need reasonable accommodations. I urge everyone to remain civil and peaceful. I pray that our dialogue remains civil and respectful because I love the Lord and I love all people. <laughs> I harbor no ill will to anyone. Mm. I hate no one mm. because I have been transformed by the love and forgiveness of my Lord Jesus Christ. I love every person. I love you all because he first loved me. Today, I put my faith and my trust in God and God alone. Thank you. You know, I really get what she's talking about with the with how loving she is, because I, I remember that clip where um, two men were trying to get a marriage license and, and they said, on whose authority are you denying us? And she said, on God's authority. With the the squinted, hateful fucking eyes. Basically grinding the, her teeth right, while she's saying that's it. right. I don't know how the words fought their way out. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. And I've listened to several shows on this and news and listened to commentators talk. And they act like this Judge Bunning is some kind of stalwart liberal. Judge Bunning was appointed by George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. He's not some Hillary Clinton lover. Right. He's a conservative. Mm -hmm. He's just, he understands the rule of law. Mm -hmm. He understands the authority and the appropriate position within our political system that the court, the Supreme Court holds. Right. So Kim Davis uh, hasn't done any favors for religious liberty. After the Supreme Court ruling that made same-sex marriage legal all over the country, 49% of respondents to an AP poll said that officials with religious objections shouldn't be forced to give marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Now, after Kim Davis picked her hill to jail on, according to 538... An ABC News poll found that 74% of respondents said that equality should win out. Yeah, absolutely. So she has... She's on the wrong fucking side of history. She's not improved things for her lot. <laughs> let's just say that. Absolutely not. All right. Well, let's move on from this. Look, as I'm hoping that the Kim Davis show ends. Obviously, it will. But I'm hoping the freak show... I'm getting tired of talking about it. And, and here's the other thing. Although there are these these backwards, archaic mythology followers who are causing problems now, ultimately, things are great. Things are wonderful right now in our country relative to equal rights on this front. We've got a long way to go, but a large, major hurdle has been has been crossed. We have negotiated a, a massive obstacle. And things are really good in a lot of ways. So I, I would I would caution everyone to put things in perspective and to look at this from a, a proper viewpoint that things are real good. And marriage equality is the law of the land. We have taken a massive step forward into the future and away from, you know, the, the, the terrible times of, of our history. Amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> Moving on, and we're still talking about gay marriage. Caitlyn Jenner, formerly Bruce Jenner, was on with Ellen DeGeneres on her show, and they had a talk about Caitlyn Jenner's odd views. I know you're very conservative, 
Yeah. And, and you have been very conservative. You've, you've said you're Republican. And, and, it's not a bad thing. And, yes, no, it's not. A, it's, it, I, look, I, the only thing is, you know, a lot of Republicans, I don't want to speak for everyone, would vote against all the issues, you know, that you as a woman and you as a trans person right. would want someone to support. I, I agree with that in some cases. Uh, and same-sex marriage? See, I, gay marriage? Uh, I have to admit that um, I remember 15 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it was when this whole gay marriage issue came up. At first, I was not for it. I mean, I thought, I'm a traditionalist. I'm, I'm older than most people in the audience, you know. I mean, I kind of like tradition. And, you know, it's always been a man and a woman. And... Uh, I'm thinking, I don't quite get it. But as time has gone on, uh, I think like a lot of people on this issue have really changed your thinking here um, to I don't ever want to stand in front of anybody's happiness. You know, that's not my job. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, if uh, that word marriage is really, really that important to you, I, I can go with it, you know. And it's, so, it's funny because you're so you're still kind of a little not on board with it. It's, no, I'm on board. I mean, yeah. it is going to be the you know pretty because much if, the the law, the law of the land. Right. So I, I still feel like yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah I don't want because so I don't want to stand in front of somebody's happiness. Right, I, and I just think that it's and and I you know obviously marriage is an important word because marriage is marriage and equality is equality so right. if we want the same word that everyone else has it wouldn't be civil union it wouldn't be it would be right. so so equality is important for all of us and i think that's what I, you're fighting for with what you're doing so fucking weird right it's, and, a, it's and, a very strange thing and also not to that was a long one that's uh, i was tooting my horn a lot that mm -hmm. time because I've said for quite a while, at peril of having people pissed off at me, that I think Caitlyn Jenner's a bad person. Yep. I don't just think... You've said that. ...that it's because she's transgendered, that we have to just heap praise and love upon her like she is this angel and this, this do-no-wrong. It's the same shit. Okay, so I just want to reiterate that I said, yep, you've said that, not yep, I agree with you. <laughs> but... It is a very interesting thing, and I think that Ellen responded very well to well, it. She almost had, you know, what they refer to as like therapeutic wonderment, where you kind of feign it, confusion to get more information out of the person without looking like hostile, you know? Isn't that called manipulation? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, um, what is it? wait a Thera minute. Therapeutic what? Wonderment. Therapeutic wonderment. Right, so you're, you, you know, heard it here first, folks. Probably not, but... <laughs> Um, she said, you know, I'm just kind of confused by that, you know, and, and she acted like she was confused to kind of make a comfortable space for Caitlyn Jenner to expound upon what she had said. Or as I would say, to give her more rope in, with which to hang herself. Right. But I think that um, age certainly plays in here. And I think that a lot of people that are older have a difficult time um, moving away from their traditional values, yeah, quote unquote. Listen, I, I think you're giving too much credit because being old, but being someone who's always felt like you were a female inside should give you some insight or ability to possess empathy for someone who says, yeah, 
I was born gay. Yeah. So I was born this way. Why should I be denied marriage because of the way I was born? I'm not trying to excuse it. I'm just trying to explain it. Trying to explain it away. No, not trying to explain <laughs> it away. I'm just trying to offer some sort of explanation. Well, there were two issues that I took with this little interaction. And one is Ellen says same-sex marriage. And Caitlin, almost as if to correct Ellen, says, oh, gay marriage? Like a question mark at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like didn't want say it. See, I don't know. I don't want to put words in her mouth, but it seemed to me almost like a correcting thing. When Ellen says, you know, in same sex marriage, oh, uh, gay marriage. It, it was fucking weird to me. And then the other thing is, is this entire viewpoint of, well, if that word is important to you, then yeah, okay, I guess I'll we'll we'll go ahead and get, let you get married. If I mean, if the word marriage is that important, huh, go go ahead. Yeah, well, I do know people, and this is kind of where I was getting my theory of of tradition. I know people that are older that that is the part that they struggle with the word of marriage also applying to other um, dyads. The people that I'm thinking of, they say, you know, marriage should apply to one man, one woman, and then there should be a different word for other yeah, things. Uh, and and like Ellen said, I mean, that's not equality, though, because right. it, it should be the same word. It's separate but equals what it is. It's exactly what it is. It's, oh, well, we're going to give you this. We're going to call it. It's, it effectively is the same thing, but we're going to call it something different. That's bullshit. The other thing that I found really odd was... While trying to act like, oh, yeah, I'm totally on board. I'm totally on board saying stuff like, well, you know, the courts have ruled. So eh, I guess I'll, you know, I'll come around to. So it's <laughs> well, now that it's legal. Yeah, I guess I'm, uh, you know, I want everybody happy now that it's legal. Yeah, I guess. Now that all the heavy lifting's done, I guess. So, OK, that's yeah. fucking weird. Anyway, Ellen was on the Howard Stern show and had a very brief conversation about this interaction. And uh, it was interesting. Caitlyn Jenner is on on the show today, our first show, and she really does. She still has a judgment about gay marriage. She's saying that she's kind of. And I said, you're wanting people to understand and accept you. This is like really confusing to people. And you still have a judgment about gay people and marriage and like, and she goes, crazy. Well, she said, if the word marriage is that important. And I was like, it is because that's the word. Like, we want the same thing. Everybody. Well, here's a person on TV crying that, hey, I want to be myself. I want to be genuine. I, I had want, to I don't hide want pe- my I, I don't entire want, life. I don't want people to ridicule me. Yeah. yeah. And Quiet, Robin. In the same breath. <laughs> Gee, gay marriage. I don't get it. You know, yeah. It's it's remarkable. Did Caitlyn dance with you? Uh, no, she didn't dance. I don't think she's a dancer. <laughs> I don't think she's a dancer. And she didn't. And she maybe she didn't want to dance with me because I'm a lesbian. I think she, I really think that she and she was great. It was a great interview. And I and you're grateful she and, came and on. And I'm grateful that she was on the show. And and I don't I don't really know her. And I'm trying to understand it because I don't fully understand it either. But I also want everyone to be happy. So, but I I don't fully understand all of that. But I want her to be happy, which is what I want for her, for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, it I, just it doesn't make sense that yeah. someone wouldn't even understand that. I, yeah. I, I, well, that's the thing that's very confusing about the show, because she still has that that conservative underlying very. philosophy yeah. on top of all of this. Yeah, she's Republican and conservative. Yeah. And, and so and I think, you know, a lot of Republicans are wishing she wasn't Republican. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. They could get out. So. That in and of itself, I think, is very interesting that Ellen 
she's she's doing the right thing here. I mean, she's she's defaulting. She doesn't really understand fully transgender and that issue, but she's going to take a default position of empathy and taking a stab at understanding rather than, oh, no, you can't because it's always been this way. And I'm going to be a slave to tradition and and the past. Right. Well, it even seems like Ellen and Caitlin maybe weren't getting along so much. Yeah, I think Ellen probably agrees with your humble host <laughs> that Caitlyn Jenner is a terrible person. I mean, she said, I I, <laughs> I think maybe she didn't want to dance with me because I'm a lesbian. Yeah. Um, that's kind of a significant statement to make. Yes. Well, and knowing that you're, you're being broadcast to millions of people. Right. I mean, it's the Howard Stern show. And also knowing that you're eventually going to have this audio played on I Doubt It with Dollamore. <laughs> she, eh, what? Oh, sorry. That yeah. Was quite the chortle. Um... Yes, sir. That is very <laughs> true. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd like to know what the audience thinks. I'd like to know what the audience thinks about me thinking that she's not awesome. So why don't you sound off? 657-464-7609. Of course, I doubt it at dollamore.com. You can email a voice memo from your smartphone. Or now you can text 657-464-7609. All right. Moving on. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. All right, let's get into a little politics, a little no debate, but politics. Dolomocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Bernie Sanders was in the belly of the beast when he went to the Evangelical Liberty University this last week. Woo! Yeah. He's a brave man. <laughs> he is a brave man. That's a strong guy who knows exactly what his beliefs are and who's not ashamed to talk about them. Uh, he spoke for about a half hour. I'm just going to play the last one minute and 47 seconds of his speech, which really kind of encapsulates what he talked about. The entire speech was kind of... Uh, a running theme of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. He actually quoted scripture, uh, Amos, and he he quoted uh, M Matthew. And uh, I, I think it was an okay speech. He's not the most dynamic speaker, but there were several applause lines and a lot of cheering. And I was actually pretty surprised by the reaction of this fundamentalist crowd. Throughout human history... There has been endless discussion. It is part of who we are as human beings, people who think and ask questions. Endless discussion and debate about the meaning of justice and about the meaning of morality. And I know that here at Liberty University, those are the kinds of discussions you have every day, and those are the kinds of discussions you should be having, and the kind of discussions we should be having all over 
America. I would hope, and I conclude with this thought, I would hope very much that as part of that discussion and part of that learning process, some of you will conclude that if we are honest in striving to be a moral and just society, it is imperative that we have the courage to stand with the poor, to stand with working people, and when necessary, take on very powerful and wealthy people whose greed, in my view, is doing this country enormous harm. Thank you all very much. And that's nice. That's a that's a genuine response to his speech. Yeah. You know, I think that's I was uh, I was uh, shocked by that. I was I was not prepared for that to be. I didn't expect them to boo and to be dicks to him. (laughs) But certainly, I mean, that's that's agreement. Yeah, it sounded like it. Well, I wish I have a hard time identifying with him just based on and it's superficial, but based on his. And I think that uh, he's always sounds like he's got to clear his throat. He sounds like a Billy Crystal character, mm-hmm. like Billy Crystal when he does that New York Jew, elderly Jew thing that he does. That's that's what I get from from Bernie Sanders when he talks. Yeah. Or he sounds like me right now because I'm sick. <laughs> well, afterward, he sat with uh, someone from Liberty University and was asked some questions. And as I'm sure he was prepared for. Uh, it it quickly devolved, and they I wouldn't say gotcha because I'm sure he was ready for it, but eh, you decide. Um, on protecting the vulnerable, I think our students were more passionate about that, sir, than any other thing. The questions that they wanted to know went way beyond just uh, wealth inequality. Went way beyond. We we certainly had those kind of things, but uh, on protecting the vulnerable, this was probably the number one. Uh, type of question that we got here, uh, Senator. Senator Sanders, you've talked in your campaign about how it is immoral to protect the billionaire class at the expense of our most vulnerable in society, obviously children. Uh, You just mentioned that even in your talk with us um, earlier. A majority of Christians would agree with you, but what, uh, but here's the question. A majority of Christians would agree with you, but would also go further and say that children in the womb need our protection even more. How, hold on, how, how do you reconcile? So the question, sir, is obviously there, you can see this is what they want to ask. Well, this is what's on there. How do you reconcile the two? And and again, I I know that you have a different view. I I know that uh, you, sir, and and I don't have to be eye to eye on it, but I I sense a real sincerity in you in wanting to see our children protected. Can you see, sir, how we see the child in the womb as the most vulnerable that needs protection? I do understand. Yes, sir. But I do also understand, I understand this is an area where we disagree. I do understand and I do believe 
that it is improper for the United States government or state government to tell every woman in this country the very painful and difficult choice that she has to make on that issue. Kind of shocking, right? Yeah. And I honestly don't want to be too provocative here, but very often conservatives say, you know, get the government out of my life. I don't want the government telling me what to do. But on this very sensitive issue of which this nation is divided, a lot of people agree with you, a lot of people agree with me. But my view is, I respect absolutely a family that says, no, we are not going to have an abortion. I understand that. I respect that. But I would hope that other people respect the very painful and difficult choice that many women feel they have to make and don't want the government telling them what they have to do. But, but, I want to take that question a step further, David. Please. We do disagree on that issue. No ifs and buts about it. I respect your point of view. I hope you'll respect my point of view. But here is where I hope we have common ground. Now, I've not tried to be partisan during my remarks. I have not. But I'm going to be partisan for a moment because I want to lay this on your shoulders. I am the ranking member of the U.S. Senate Budget Committee. That means I lead the Democrats in opposition. Republicans control the House and the Senate. Now, I want to tell you what was in the Republican budget that passed a number of months ago. Check it out. You're thinking I'm not telling you the truth. When you talk about issues of children, understand Republican budget threw 27 million people off of health care, including many children. At a time when many families cannot afford to send their kids to college. And I am running on a program, by the way, that says every public college and university in America should be tuition free. But at a time when families cannot afford to send their kids to college, Republican budget cut $90 billion in Pell Grants over a 10-year period. At a time when children in America are going hungry, Republican budget cut billions of dollars in nutrition programs, including money for the WIC program, which goes to low-income pregnant women and their babies. And to add insult to injury in that budget, the Republicans provided over $250 billion over a 10-year period in tax breaks to the top two-tenths of one percent. I don't think that is a moral budget. Mm. I love how the moderator just keeps saying, hmm. At, hmm. One, at one point, he was kind of laughing with like a kind of a snarky thing going on. Yeah, he said, oh, they, they cut this program for pregnant women and babies. And he's like, hmm. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily true. It's a little disingenuous of him to say that. There wasn't a cut. There was a decrease in the scheduled increase of the budget. So he calls it a cut. Wait, do you mean, wait, did you say decrease in the scheduled increase? Yeah, they're not increasing the budget to the level he wants it. So he's calling it a cut to so, the budget. So it was a delayed increase. Yeah, that, well, yeah. Let's say that the the budget is $1 million, even though it's more than a million. And it's supposed to go to $110 million the next year. But it only goes to $105 million. He's calling that a cut. Mm-hmm. Because it's not going the full 110. Gotcha. Yeah. So 
it's a little disingenuous, but I yeah, I get his point. I listen. I don't think he's a liar. I don't think he's a dishonest guy. You know, I I I don't even mind giving him a little bit more airtime on the show because I think he is a good-hearted guy. Yeah, and I think that this is kind of the point where it's difficult for people like me on the left to listen to Republicans because they don't talk about these issues. They aren't talking about education. Right. They aren't talking about Pell Grants. They aren't talking about WIC. And these are things that are really important to me, um, issues that I really care about, and I think that a lot of people on the left care about those more human issues. Right. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's refreshing to hear someone talk about those issues. Having a mainstream candidate now, we right. haven't talked about it, but Bernie Sanders is, is now leading in the polls, leading Hillary Clinton in both Iowa and New Hampshire. Right. That is huge. Huge. Or as Donald Trump would say, huge. Tremendous. Uh, it's tremendous. It's huge. <laughs> huge. Yeah. Or as Donald Trump would say. <laughs> <laughs> That's more accurate. So speaking of Donald Trump, Michelle Bachman apparently is carrying the water for Donald Trump now. She was on a news program with uh, a guy named David Brock, who is a Clintonite, and they were talking about Clinton, and they were talking about Trump and his immigration policies and what kind of support he has uh, with Hispanics and blacks, and she's just getting it all wrong. I don't doubt what you're saying, but sure. it does speak to momentum, wouldn't you say? Because if, she, if you looked on, at both sides, right? Sure. She was ahead of Bernie Sanders or any whatever possible Democrat would have sure. like at double digits. Sure. She was ahead of the Republican candidates by double digits. It's it. Let's just say with the Republicans right now, if it were held with Clinton and Bush. Uh, Clinton would, would get 47. Bush would get 49 percent. If the election were held today, uh, Trump would get 48 percent. Clinton would get 48 percent. Clinton would get 46 percent. Carson would get 51 percent. It does show momentum. Well, sure. Look, I think that one, I'm not sure the Republicans, uh, what's dominating the Republican debate are the issues. It's really Donald Trump and it's a lot of bullying and name calling and it's a race to the bottom. Mm -hmm. So. I think that's going to hurt the whole Republican brand on. So when we actually get to the general, and I believe Hillary Clinton will be in that race, that brand is really damaged. For the first well, it's, time, it's pretty remarkable, though, because uh, Donald Trump's numbers show that he's the highest with African-Americans that any Republican has ever been and the highest with Hispanics that any Republican has ever been. And I think it has to do with the issues, because I don't think Hispanics and African-Americans are going after Donald Trump because they think he's being mean to women. I think oh. just the opposite. I think what they're seeing is he's he's talking their language. Once again, once again, facts just don't matter to the likes of Michelle Bachman, especially related to this comment specifically. Donald Trump's numbers show that he's the highest with African-Americans that any Republican has ever been and the highest with Hispanics that any Republican has ever been. So we could just silently roll our eyes and move on because we all know this isn't true. But let's get into it. So <laughs> here is a summary of some headlines. We'll just start with oh, some headlines. Brittany okay? Page, you're funny sometimes. <laughs> Very rarely. <laughs> Wall Street Journal. Hispanics hold dim view of Donald Trump. Poll finds. CNN. Poll. 82% of Hispanics view Donald Trump unfavorably. Political. Poll. 
Trump's popularity increasing, but not with Hispanics. Gallup. Hispanics frown on Trump, but not rest of GOP field. Okay, now that we have the headlines out of the way, let's see what actually has been found in the polls. This is from Gallup. This is from July 8th to August 23rd. Trump's net favorable rating with Hispanics, according to Gallup, ranks last of all candidates at negative 51%. This means that Hispanics have a 65% unfavorable view of Donald Trump. That's right. Well, compare him to other candidates, too, because like Jeb Bush is, he's at the top of the list with plus 11, I believe. Right. And Marco and then, Rubio. Yeah. Marco Rubio would be next. At and five. Then, and then it goes all the way down to, I think... Bobby Jindal's at zero. He's at zero. And then it goes into the negative with Lindsey Graham at about negative one. Right. Down to, I think it's Ted Cruz at negative seven. Right. And then Ted Cruz is second to last. So it goes from negative seven to fucking negative 51 <laughs> with Donald Trump. He's not just in, he's just not just not in first place. He's nowhere last. near even second to last. He's fucking, he owns last place. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even know how <laughs> I don't know how she could even possibly say that. Well, it doesn't like I said, facts don't matter. She's she makes Sarah Palin look like an intellectual powerhouse. <laughs> and the other thing is, is listen to this voice. Donald Trump's numbers show that he's the highest with African-Americans that any Republican has ever been and the highest with Hispanics that any Republican has ever been. Highest with the African-Americans. He's. She sounds like uh, there was a there was an episode of Family Guy where oh where, where they had like a, a Midwestern teenager and 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 how her voice was and here here's a clip of it and this is how when I hear Michelle Bachman this is what I see this is what I hear in my head. Did you gals hear about Allie Gallagher? She let Alan Ackerman smack her in the back with his tallywhacker behind the snack shack. What? Nobody here in Maryland understands a single word you're saying. You should move back to Minnesota. I can't go back. I Snapchatted Matt Gakarak a Kodiak on my ass crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's that's Michelle Bachman. Mm -hmm. She Snapchatted Alan Ackerman a Kodiak of her ass crack. How, how does she say United again? United. 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 Yeah. Uh, she's fucking the worst. The worst. I think her accent's cool. Well, speaking of cool, uh, Carly Fiorina, in an effort, I guess, to to address the 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 face comments that Donald Trump made in that Rolling Stone interview, she released an ad in response to. We talked about this last time. Donald Trump made disparaging remarks about Carly Fiorina's face. He said, look at that face. Look at that. Who could have that face be president? And then in subsequent days said He was that, talking about her persona. Right. Not her face, just the persona. S says that he was talking about her persona, mm -hmm. not her face. Mm -hmm. Well, she made, she made an ad, and she doesn't name him by name, but she made a very inspirational, what I think is an emotional ad, addressing... No, not even directly addressing it. Here it is. Ladies, look at this face. And look at all of your faces. The face of leadership. The face of leadership in our party, the party of women's suffrage. The face of leadership in your communities. 
in your businesses, in your places of work and worship. Ladies, note to Democrat Party, we are not a special interest group, we are the majority of the nation. This is the face of a 61-year-old woman I am proud of every year and every wrinkle. Jesse's smiling. There it goes. I just don't know. No. <laughs> I get emotional. I don't know if it's just because I'm so gullible that you just you lay some emotional or inspirational music over something and I get a little teary, but I thought that was really good. It is. It's a very good ad. And it's a great passive aggressive ad. Yeah. Well, I mean I think you thought I was being snarky because I did make a comment about her saying she's proud of every wrinkle. <laughs> despite the fact that she's had plastic surgery mm-hmm. it's a little i mean well, it's the wrinkles that remain right. the ones that she's proud she still of the wrinkles has. that she wasn't able to eradicate through cosmetic <laughs> surgery well we don't know for certain that she's had cosmetic surgery come on come on what? anyway something said but uh, let me say I, I am it does it makes me emotional i'm you know, I'm, that's just how, what kind of a pussy I am that I'm completely controlled by campaign advertising. Mm-hmm. It, it was, I think, beautiful and you know, meaningful. And actually, while I don't necessarily agree with her, we're not a special interest group. We're, we're the majority of the country. Mm-hmm. Eh, women have been oppressed for many, many, many a decade. And I think that they're, your, your, your inclusion or, or, being counted as a special interest group is is a valid thing. So I don't know why she's shitting on that. Well, I also think it's positive to kind of rally women against yeah, Donald Trump. Absolutely. And do it in a way that's, you know, not directly referencing him because we all know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you don't need to give him attention. He's going to create the attention for himself. Right. If she were to have mentioned him by name, it would just be this full force attack dog coming at her. So. <laughs> right. Well, and you don't you don't want to do that. You don't want to give him attention that he doesn't he doesn't need because he's it, it just gives more limelight, more spotlight to him. So that's good. Good ad. Um, and we'll wrap up this Dollamocracy segment with a little bit of Nate Silver from 538.com. He was on with Anderson Cooper, and he is the prognosticator. He is the, the man who has guessed two presidential elections in a row with stunning accuracy relative to which states were going to go to which candidate. And he is on Anderson Cooper saying that he is giving the odds five percent chance that trump will get the nomination so it's really fascinating because you put the the chance of donald trump or ben carson actually getting the gop nomination you put it around five percent maybe about five percent each somewhere around there why so so low so there are a couple things to think about one is that if you look back at history you've never seen candidates like donald trump certainly or ben carson win a party nomination and secondly if you look at the polling a lot of times the candidate who is leading the polls now mid-september didn't win the nom- nomination, didn't even come close. So if you look four years ago, Rick Perry was in the midst of his surge right now. Mm-hmm. Eight years ago on the Democratic side, you had Howard Dean, or 12 years ago rather, Howard Dean was surging. Um, Hillary Clinton was still way ahead of Barack Obama in 2008. Rudy Giuliani was leading the polls in 2008. I think people, there's so much interest in this election, in this campaign, 
people forget that polls five months before Iowa historically have told you very, very little. And why is that? Is it just people aren't telling the truth in the polls or they just haven't made up their minds? Well, first of all, if you're, uh, if you're a primary voter, then you have a lot of shopping to do. It's not a general election where you have two main choices and you're going to decide with the party label most of the time. Um, they're going to kind of kick the tires on many different candidates, maybe candidates like Donald Trump who stand out, represent something new and different, kind of a shiny object. If you have 16 things to pick from, you might pick that shiny object out of the dealer lot. Mm -hmm. um, it's different when it gets down to someone's been campaigning, they've knocked on your door, a lot of time you talk with your friends and your neighbors. Um, as much interest as there is in the campaign right now, it's going to be probably about five times higher by the time we get to January and February. And so people are about 20% of their way to their decision-making process. So for your messages for establishment candidates that you believe it's still most likely that it's going to be an establishment candidate, candidate is going to get the nomination? Probably. I mean, I think you haven't really had the establishment consolidate behind any one candidate. And if I were a Marco Rubio or a Jeb Bush or a Scott Walker or a Chris Christie trying to play the long game or a Kasich, um, certainly the fact that you have this kind of power vacuum on the GOP side and you haven't had people throw the support behind just one alternative makes Trump's job a lot easier. But still, it's the establishment's game. You're playing on their turf. Um, they control all sorts of things from the delegate selection process to, I remember what happened to Newt Gingrich, for example, four years ago where he was leading in the polls and they kind of nuked him with you know, millions of dollars of negative advertising that was coordinated against him. Um, the biggest problem for Trump is that he's not really a, a Republican. Some columnists on National Review use the phrase hostile takeover. He's running as a Republican and he has some positions in common with them, but uh, you know, a lot of things might square more with what uh, independent or Democratic voters think instead. And, and if you're the establishment on the Republican side, it's a very dangerous precedent to set. How much of the Trump numbers do you think are driven by name recognition, celebrity, just he's the, the shiny object and, and the most kind of loudest, most interesting, you know, kind of Voice right now. So the best I can figure is kind of combining two different things. We saw candidates in 2011 like Herman Cain or Gingrich who had this temporary surge. You've also had factional candidates that were getting 20% of the vote like a Pat Buchanan or something like that or, or Ron Paul. I think you might be both those combined. Hmm. And so that's when kind of the surge wears off. There are some people who jump on the bag and say this guy's a winner. Look at the polls. Now he's beating Hillary. When that wears off, I think it might not go to zero. He might still have 20% of folks say, you know, he's really different than anyone else in the field, and I like that. Maybe I'm a Republican who doesn't like immigration, but, um, but you know, I like my Social Security and my Medicare, and I want taxes to be higher on the rich. There are voters out there with that portfolio that will vote in the Republican primaries, um, but I do think some of it's a bandwagon effect. Uh, it's fascinating. Uh, Nate, thank you so much. Thank you. There's some really good stuff that he said there, and if if you... If you need to, rewind and listen to that entire three three minutes and some seconds because it, it's valuable. The one thing I took away from it, and it's something I've said before, is that the primary voter in the United States, and for those of you outside of the United States, each party has a mini election to run and find out who they're going to run for the main election. And that's what the primary is. And primary voters... Well, let's put it this way. Most voters in the United States don't even vote in the general election. Mm -hmm. And then those voters who vote in the general election, if you were to divide them up, 
most of them don't vote in the primary. Mm -hmm. So the amount of people who are actually going to be choosing the president is very, very few. So unless all these people who are being polled are primary voters, they don't fucking matter. Trump is not really on top because of the fact that the people that are, they're polling aren't likely primary voters. They're just, eh, how do you color yourself? Oh, Republican? What do you think? What they should be doing is, are you are you a primary voter? No? Fuck you. It doesn't matter what you think. Right. <laughs> so we'll see. I think it's interesting. 5% is very low. I mean, that's, that's worth betting money on. So we... We will see. Only time will tell. So here's a story well, moving on out of Dollamocracy, a story out of New Mexico that's super interesting to me, and it raises a lot of issues that are worth talking about, where a mom, a court forces a mom who's in the middle of a custody battle to go to a religious therapist. Holly Salzman sought court aid in co-parenting her 11-year-old sons with their father, from whom she is divorced. The judge ordered a set of 10 sessions with counselor Mary Pepper. <laughs> I know. I laughed, It too. almost sounds like it's fake. Pepper? <laughs> Salzman says that she assumed Pepper would be a regular couples and family counseling therapist. Maybe she means marriage and family therapist. But... Salzman said that she assumed Pepper would be a regular couples and family counseling therapist, but, quote, I walked into the session and the very first thing she said to me was, I start my sessions by praying. When I expressed concerns that I didn't pray, she said, well, this is what I do, and she proceeded to say a prayer out loud. Because the sessions were court mandated, Salzman said, you don't have a choice, you do it, or you're held in contempt of court. Salzman said that she feels that for the court to order her to a Christian counselor is a violation of the separation of church and state. After the first session, she contacted family court and left a message expressing her concerns. She never heard anything back. At her second session, Pepper opened with a prayer again. Quote, we went back to court. I expressed concerns about the religious overtones, and they stated they hadn't heard any problems concerning Mary Pepper with religion. She says she was, quote, so offended and disgusted that she stopped attending the courses altogether, at which point the court intervened and took away her sons. So since this, and this is just reprehensible, one, well, let me get to it. Since then, she has completed the course and had custody restored to her and it's all been dealt with. But she has the ACLU looking into this and I guess they're suing. Because there's all kinds of weird inconsistencies here. One, a secular court, a government court, should not be mandating a religious anything at all. And when she first had her issue, they should have reassigned her to someone else. It would have cleared it up. No problem. Well, the other part of this is that it violates city policy to have a business transaction businesses private businesses are not allowed to operate on on city grounds which the library is included in that and this mary pepper mary pepper had the saltzman lady book one of their rooms where you can reserve one of their little glassed in rooms and then had her surreptitiously literally passing cash under the table for payment for the session because it this wasn't a court paid for service. 
This was Saltzman, the woman, paying out of her own pocket to sit and pray to a god she doesn't believe in. It's wholly inappropriate and unconstitutional. So the news spoke to Pepper about blending religion with court-ordered sessions. She said, quote, I am a private business that people decide to come through or not. The particular person there was interested in analyzing her belief system. Which Saltzman completely denies, by the way. Apparently, in this article, it also says that some of the sessions were recorded. So it sounds like Saltzman recorded some of the sessions. There's, there's audio and video I've seen. And there was talk of... You know, the meaning of life is to know and love God, to serve God. If you want to explore how God was in your past, how God was in your life and not in your life. I know you don't believe in God, which is fine. But I now I know at some points he was in your life in some way. So very much like leading and focusing the topics on God, which if someone is, you know, court mandated to go to therapy, it seems like maybe there would be something else that's more important to talk about, especially if the client isn't bringing up God in the first place and you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a problem. Well, the other thing is, is even relative to the financial improprieties here and the business operating a business on city property and all that. She, as soon as the, the news crew started asking her questions specific to that, she's like, well, it's not appropriate. I'm not going to do this. If you want to turn off the cameras and have a conversation, that's fine. But it's not appropriate to do it on camera. Right. Well, then they said, well, we turned the cameras off. And then she refused to answer the questions. <laughs> so it was just her method to get him to turn the fucking cameras off. Mm-hmm. Goddamn. So anyway, um, we'll follow the case, see what happens. Very interesting. Well, let's leave let's leave the audience with a feel good story that was possibly wasn't going to be a feel good story. There is the very recent case of this young Muslim boy, Ahmed Mohammed, who made a homemade clock out of a circuit board and brought it to school to to impress his engineering teacher. And they called they sent him to the office and called the goddamn cops. (laughs) That he had built a bomb, they said. Well, there's been a lot going on, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. Yeah, apparently he was, you know, really enthusiastic about technology, and he made this clock, and he wanted to show it to his engineering teacher. And his engineering teacher advised him not to show it to other teachers. That was his reaction. Oh, so it wasn't the engineering teacher who blew the whistle. It was the fearmonger whistle. It was some other idiot. Well, so what happened is um, his English teacher heard beeping in the middle of a lesson and asked him to remove what was in his bag. And she said, that looks like a bomb. Because it has a circuit board. And then uh. next thing he knows, he's at the principal's office and a police officer's there and was interrogating him with four other police officers. And Ahmed says that one of the officers who he has never seen before said, yep, that's who I thought it was. Oh, Jesus. Well, they ended up taking him to a juvenile detention center and questioning him without his parents there. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's just so horrific. I, I, it's just so horrific. Right. But luckily, it, it does have a happy ending, like you said. Well, hang on, hang on. Them questioning him without his parents is a violation of his civil rights. So that's not going away. That's going to be looked into. Go ahead now with the happiness. <laughs> Let me be Debbie Downer. So President Obama tweeted, cool clock, Ahmed. Want to bring it to the White House? We should inspire more kids like you to like science. It's what makes America great. Awesome. I mean, 
there will be criticism that every time a brown or a black kid gets in trouble, Obama gets involved. But look, that may be true that Obama does deal with the small shit when it deals with a brown or black kid. Uh, I think there there is there is merit to that argument. However, he's still he's encouraging a kid who just went through a traumatic thing with the cops. Maybe it will restore his faith in, in authority. Ahmed's father, who immigrated from Sudan, claims that his son was mistreated, quote, because his name is Mohammed and because of September 11th. He said his son, quote, just wants to invent good things for mankind. Hillary Clinton also joined in expressing support for Ahmed on Twitter. She said, assumptions and fear don't keep us safe. They hold us back. Ahmed, stay curious and keep building. And then additionally, uh, Mark Zuckerberg invited him to Facebook and said the future belongs to people like Ahmed. Unfortunately, the police spokesman, James, James McLellan, defended the arrest, quote, it could reasonably be mistaken for a device if left in a bathroom or under a car. The concern was, what was this thing built for? Do we take him into custody? Okay, but you interviewed him. You didn't find it in a bathroom or under a car. It was right. in his backpack. You ask him what it is. Not only that, you also interview when he says, yeah, I brought it for my engineering teacher to impress him. You go to the engineering teacher and you do your due diligence and you find out what's this kid's behavior? What's his background? What are his grades? What are his interests? Do you think or do you know what this thing does? Right. This is, I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Five officers came to interrogate him. It's because his name is Muhammad. It's goddamn guaranteed it's because his name is Muhammad. So I'm glad that the I stand with Ahmed hashtag has been, you know, it's been going viral and Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Mark Zuckerberg, all these big names are supporting him and making this public. So I think it's a good thing. Real good. Feeling good about it, huh? Real good. All right. Well, we are going to sign off because we've got another whole episode to do that is a bonus episode for our Patreon subscribers. I guess they're not our subscribers, but our loyal Patreon supporters. Huh? The people who have partnered with us to move the conversation forward. And we... Quick got, update. We got... Oh, we have an update. Yeah, quick update. This just in, folks. Yeah, the air conditioner's gone. It, like stolen. No. <laughs> I hope not. It's just gone. I looked downstairs and it's gone. That would be because UPS picked it up early because of my stern nature on the phone. Okay, good. That it needed to be done today. All right, good. So problem solved. That that's that we bookended the episode. Issues with the air conditioner. Issues with the air conditioner closed. So now we don't leave the audience hanging and stressed out about our air conditioning situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure they were concerned. <laughs> we're looking out for them either way. Listen, we love you. We appreciate you. If you want to check out the the debate bonus episode and the analysis there, like I said at the top of the episode, like I'll say at the bottom of the episode, go to patreon.com slash idataWithDollamore and partner with us in moving the conversation forward and all of the bonus content that we're going to start creating. And it's going to be happening more on the reg because there's another debate next month that'll be hosted by Anderson Cooper that we'll be doing the same thing with. And these episodes are typically between an hour and a half and two hours long. And they are jam packed with the, with the funny and they are j well, probably less the funny and more the ridicule and the scorn and the outrage and the outrage. There's going to be lots and the of anger, lots, lots of all that. 
So check it out. If you can, we would love to have you. But until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Thank you for calling UPS. This call may be monitored for quality assurance purposes.